Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. your ball you've got your chance you don't know that song no you don't know the song crash by dave matthews oh, band no i actually don't and then it goes and i'll come crash there you go into you okay yeah i mean good <laughs> it would have been better if i recognized the song? it yeah exactly well it's not my fault you're lame and like don't know any music yeah <laughs> well i don't have to tell you dave matthews and his band yeah they did. They had a great song the, called "Crash." Crash. Yeah, I know of it. Yeah, there now you that go. You mentioned it. I'm like, yeah, I know of it. I've just, I don't know the lyrics. Oh well, that's go. the beginning of "Crash." Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm here. We thought we did something different this time. We are two wacky behaving people. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, dear listeners, what Mita and I usually do is we were. When we record in person, we record, and yeah. then uh, sometimes we'll hang out, sometimes we'll watch something. Last time we actually watched uh, A Haunting in Venice, yes. which was fun. Yeah. It was like an easy, like, in and like, out kind of... We, we both maybe fell asleep while watching it. Yeah. yeah. And still knew exactly where it was where going. We were, yeah. yeah. And that, like, nothing was mysterious. Mm-hmm. But this time, we actually decided, because we knew we would be tired if we recorded first and watched after, we watched first. Yes. And we decided to watch David Fincher's The Killer. The Killer. The Killer. Yeah. Just now. So we're just coming we're off of it. Just like technically it. if we had kept going, the credits would still be running. <laughs> but I was singing too much, so nothing. Yeah, I was just like, that's enough. <laughs> so <laughs> it was the wait, I don't want to spoil the No no no, you can't, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> So we literally just came off of it. Uh, the Killer came out on Friday on Netflix, but it was playing in theaters before, but mm-hmm. we decided not to go because it was coming out on Netflix two weeks yeah. later. But so we 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 did just watch it. Yeah. Thought so. What, non obviously spo- no, no yeah. spoilers at all. Yeah. You want to know something funny though? When Tell me. I saw Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. The killer was playing like right next. Yeah, to it. yeah, yeah. And when I left Anatomy of the Fall, somebody was leaving the Ki- killer, yeah. and, he, and the guy just out loud goes, "Well, that." Bleeping sucked. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I wonder. Does it? Does it actually yeah. suck that much that somebody would like swear about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think so. I didn't think it sucked. <laughs> That's really strong. It's really strong. Yeah. There's nothing not sucky just, about it. But I think like a lot of people when they're going to go see a David Fincher movie, you they have an expectation. This. this is not his best. This is really pedestrian david fincher this is david fincher made something for netflix yeah yeah well and that's kind of disappointing because i i thought okay no spoilers etc etc it is david fincher for netflix Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily it shouldn't mean that it's not quality especially because like you have movies like roma for netflix yeah like you do have high quality great films like true true films Mm -hmm. that were made for netflix this is just kind of like David Fincher is just like, yeah, I kind of like this graphic novel and let's let's get... Let's just have some fun Let's just here. have some fun and make it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Okay, cool. But like... Is, at I, this point I in your career... At this point in his career, yeah. is this the kind of film he wants he to be, be making? making? Yeah. But like, I think, is he just at a point where he's like, I don't really 
care. Like, I don't think I will ever will be nominated for Best Director. I ever No, he knows he will be. He's David Fincher is going to win at some point. Like, he is he is well respected. He's made excellent films. Yes. Like, he's not. He is not. But do you think he really, f- really cares? I think like I think cares. he's too cool. I think no, he's above it. I, I don't think, think he's so. just like I'm gonna do what I want. I don't think so. I think there's there's precedent for people doing movies like this. Yeah, like big filmmakers doing movies like this. Mm-hmm. And I think, look, like even you can argue that even The Departed is a film like this. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it fits into that. Like it's The Departed. It's not Mark. But it does best. have elements. I mean, I guess this does too. It has elements of like things like. He's made before that. David's made before both of them in this scenario. It has elements. Of yeah, da- David in this. And David and Martin, Martin with and the departed. departed. Yeah, yeah, for sure, exactly. Like this is nothing. There's nothing new. There's nothing exciting about this. It is a good watch for what it is. Yeah, it's it's well made. It's very like, well made. Anything David Fincher is gonna do, even something that I know you don't love, but Mank. Mank is very well made. Oh my god. Yes. I, yeah, I just think Mank is boring, but yeah. it's not a bad film. No. It's kind of like Lincoln. Lincoln's not a bad film. I just think it's boring. Mm-hmm. Mank, I also just think is flat out boring. But I also respect Mank a little bit more because of why he made it yeah. and like everything behind it. And Mank, I think, was David Fincher. He's just doing it for his dad, you know? But that's yeah. also David Fincher. Like, maybe I can get an Oscar nom for this. Yeah. At probably. that time. Yeah. This, I think he knows is not. Mank was also made for Netflix, by the way. Yes, Mank is, that a is hi- true. Mank is a higher quality Netflix film than mm-hmm. this is. This is very much like popcorn david fincher yeah but i wouldn't say it sucked by no i don't know what i think i think that man was like hoping for like seven or something i don't know maybe (laughs) yeah yeah or i'm trying to think because it doesn't suck there's definitely nothing sucky about it no it's it's not it's not i wouldn't say thrilling yeah it's not thrilling but it is like there is entertain it is entertaining and it has elements of thrill yes like there's some great action sequences there's some interest but I will say, mm-hmm. and we can talk about this offline a little bit more. Yeah. The ending sucks. Thank you. I was going to say not thrilled about the yeah, ending. Yeah, the ending this. was real bland yeah. and dumb. Very anticlimactic. Very anticlimactic. And I'm s- kind of shocked. That he would go that route. Yeah. Because usually and, he has something to say. But also because even in the confines of the film, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's no... Like, this like, is... It's hard to... Ideally, so, like, to... for Without spoiling things, it's... Basically, it's like John Wick. <laughs> in kind a lot of, of ways. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched John Wick? I haven't, okay. no. But I know what it's about. Yeah. It's essentially that same idea. Yeah. Um, and so you're hoping for something towards the end that, you know, is... That deals with redemption. And you don't really get it. I don't even need the redemption, Mita. Like, I truly don't. He can stay stagnant as a character and not have an arc, and mm-hmm. that be the whole plot line that, like, you don't change. And I think that's kind of what he's trying to get to, that, yeah. like, as a contract killer, you don't have an arc. Yeah. Fine. But follow your own rules. Yeah. Like, that was really confusing. I'm like, you spend almost two hours repeating dialogue. Don't get attached. Yeah. yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, just to end it the way you do. It, it was really, like... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. But again, we're not, we don't know the graphic novel either, right? But you don't, you, you shouldn't have to. You? That's the whole point. Yeah. This this should stand on its own. It should have its own velocity and its own, you know, it, it should be able to stand on its own. And it, it doesn't, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because it's, it's a fine film. Yeah. It was, ex- I think it was the perfect film to watch. To watch, but yeah. Together. But 
I don't think I'll I'll be like, let's watch The Killer. Yeah, I'll yeah. never watch this again. No. Well, I do like to watch like his movies in a succession. Sure. Sometimes. I go I through get that. modes where I'm like, yeah, let's watch Gone Girl, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo in yeah. the social network. I was actually thinking, though, while I was watching this, that like he came off of two really incredible adaptions, followed by the social network, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was such a... His mid-portion was so good, and it feels like he hasn't He's recovered. not getting back there He's not yet. getting back there. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is so much better than it should be as a film. Mm. It's so elevated. And even Gone Girl. Like, Gone Girl... He, he does such a great job with it. There, Can I look up something quickly? Yeah. There's something he has in the works that I actually think would be very exciting for him. Um, there's going to be a TV adaption of Chinatown. Oh, yes. We had talked about yeah, this. I think, but I think he could do something. I think he could redo Chinatown. I would watch a remake of Chinatown by David, David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. Because I think... I think David Fincher is an excellent filmmaker and he's worth a watch and anything David Fincher does is kind of like, all right, I'll watch this. Yeah. And this is exactly that. This will definitely rank low on his filmography. Yeah, in his overall filmography though. I have a few people online who are, had put this as a possible best picture nom and I was just like, oh, I'm interested. Now I'm like, absolutely not. There's no chance. No, I I don't think we're going that way. No. I don't know if we're going to have 10 this year. No, we will. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's inevitable. It's been very, very rare that we haven't had 10. That's true. So I think this will be a 10 year. Yeah. And the strike is over. Yeah. Both the strike the strikes is, are yeah, over. Both strikes are over. No strikes happening. Yep. So that's exciting. People can make movies. But speaking of best pictures for this year. Oh. I saw a possible nomination. <gasps> and didn't tell you. What did you see? I saw the holdovers. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah. Okay, tell me what you With our friend uh, Paul Giamatti, directed by one Alexander Payne. I will say, I had heard a lot about The Holdovers. And it, I think, was runner-up at TIFF. Yeah. It lost out to American Fiction. Uh, Which I really want to see. Yeah, I really want to see American Fiction, too. It's getting very good reviews. Uh, It's on a lot of lists. I was kind of... I was really looking forward to it. And... I liked it. Okay. Full stop period. Okay. Yeah. Nothing more. Nothing. Yeah. It was a little surprising as a film for how expected it was. It looks very um, cheesy to me in a lot of ways. It's not cheesy. I'll actually say it's very well directed, very well acted. Yeah. It's just, it goes exactly where you think it's going to go. From, like, the beginning of it, you're like, oh, this is the kind of movie it is, and it's exactly that kind He's of movie. He's very much like that, Alexander though. Payne? Yeah, like, The Descendants and Election. Like, I think those are... That's just kind of his. Him. Election is great, but I think that is more Reese Witherspoon. No, and like, she was a nobody then. I think it's Reese Witherspoon with the juxtaposition of Matthew Broderick. Like, I think that works really well. I think she's good in it. Don't get me wrong. She's excellent in it. I do think that's a lot of Alexander Payne, though. She wasn't skilled enough as an actress at that point to, like, drive. I've seen, actually, Election recently. Recently? Yeah. She wasn't skilled enough to drive a film. I think it's those Like, the way Reese Witherspoon now drove, I think, Big Little Lies. Yeah. She was not that. She wasn't an actress or a, like, an entity enough to be, like, this is how we're going to. You know, but just a few this. years later, she has Legally Blonde, and like she's but I don't driving think she, that. I don't I think, think she's, she's driving. I don't think. I think anybody... she's driving Legally Blonde too. 
That's so and by random. drive, by drive, yeah. I mean that like that she has input into that production. Okay. I think in election she's performing. Oh, and she's I performing mean, to like the performance is a standout of like what really makes that movie so great. Yeah. That movie could be really bad with the wrong people. I think that's a perfect storm of yeah. like acting, writing, and direction. Directing. It's really everything working at once. Mm-hmm. Alexander Payne is a good filmmaker. He knows what he's doing. The holdovers I just want I thought it would be more. Okay. And it's not. It's a nice film. And it's a nice film. Yeah. I highly recommend watching it. You don't need to see it in theater. Oh, okay. I yeah. can wait. You can wait. It'll be on it'll be streamer. it'll be it'll stream soon enough. You don't need to go see it. Do you know who's streaming it? No, not okay. yet. I feel like it might be HBO. That's just like a who's, complete shot in the dark. What production is it? It's not A24. Oh, okay. Uh so I actually don't remember. Yeah, I actually don't remember. Okay. But I yeah, so it was it was nice. You'll have a good time. You'll enjoy it. The performances are really good. Paul Giamatti is excellent. Yeah. The female actress, I forget her name. She's excellent in from, it as well. She's from um, Orange is the New Black, right? Yes. Is it Danielle? No. No? Okay. It's something else. Her name is Divine Joy Randolph. Is she from Orange is the New She might not be, actually. Oh. Let's take that She out. was in Dolomite is my name. Oh, I've seen her on The Good Wife. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 She was also in the Billie Holiday movie. Yeah, I don't remember that. you didn't like. Oh, she's in The Lost City? Okay, yes, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and she's the detective on Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yes. Yeah. That is where I knew her. I was yeah. just like, how do I know this face? She's actually so funny She's in that. funny on that. She's very good in this. Yeah. She's very good in this. They. She's actually the front runner for Best Supporting Actress right now. For this? Yeah. Oh. And I can see see that yeah but i think it might just be because best supporting actress is a little bit weaker this year yeah like you're not gonna give it to emily blunt i would not not give it to emily blunt okay i wouldn't say that's this i wouldn't say the aside from killian like no oh, the performances yeah but really danny jr is pretty robert really downey jr is really good oh, yeah. she also her scene at the end is excellent yeah. in the interrogation that is true she really she nails that she nails it i have I haven't finished it, so I probably shouldn't say anything. But I have started Payne Pain, Hustlers. Payne Hustlers? So yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I hear she's good in that, too. No? Uh-uh. Oh. <laughs> I'm not I heard Payne Hustlers is a miss. Yeah. And I also hear that Next School Wins is a miss with our, our oh, boy Michael Taika Fassbender. Oh. Yeah. I hear they're both uh, passable. Oh. So that's a disappointing. But yeah, I would uh, watch The Holdovers. Okay. Just wait. I'll wait. Yeah. Sounds good. Before I forget, yes. what do you rate The Killer? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I know we just watched it, but yeah. what's like what's percolating? I'm leaning between three, three and a half. Yeah, same. I don't think it's like I don't think it's four. Oh God, no. no, 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 no. I do think it is well made. I think he's taking something that we've seen like with John Wick. Yeah, but actually, like I found this more enjoyable than John mm-hmm. Wick. But that's just me. It's not fully action packed if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, but. Solid performance by Fassie. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's always a good he's time. He's always to watch. a good time. He's reliable. Yeah. I think three and a half. Okay. Because it is also David and I I love David. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, three, three and a half. I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. Between three three feels low, three and a half does feel a little high. Yeah. Especially because I would give the holdovers three and a half. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And I don't think I do think the holdovers is better. There you go. So then that might Answer my question. Maybe it is technically 3.25, okay. even though I don't subscribe to that. You should, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it, movies. It's been a productive movie yeah. time. Yeah. Okay, well, nice knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mita. Because we have something yeah. to discuss. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mita, yes. what did we watch? Okay, Nadim, this week we finally did it again. Yeah. We watched the 2005 Best Picture winner, Crash. Okay. Listeners, I'm going to give you the IMDb distro <laughs> of Crash. Not to be confused with Crash by David Cronenberg. No, not... Which is about sex and car crashes. Yeah. This is the one by Paul Haggis. And the IMDb description is as such. Los Angeles citizens with vastly separate lives collide in interweaving stories of race, loss, and redemption. Mm. Okay. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I think we've had this conversation. We've mentioned it before. More than mentioned, I feel like we actually like did a like, like our small talk was a review of Crash. We did. I was talking to my sister. Who listens. Who listens. And she, she asked me what we were recording today and I told her it was Crash. She's like, oh yeah, I remember from Do the Right Thing. Yes. We both didn't really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel, because I remember as I was watching it. Because we really just watched it recently, like during the pandemic, which was yeah. three years ago. So this is pretty fresh. I have decided. Oh. I'm very clear about my opinion about Crash. Yes. But when I was watching it, I really wanted to... I thought about coming in here and being like, here are the reasons Crash sucks. Okay. But I've decided oh. to have an actual educated conversation about why I think Crash is a weak film. Because I think my emotional response to Crash almost diminishes the opinion of it or the review of it. Because it really is a poorly crafted film. It is a poorly crafted film. (laughs) Yeah. That needs to be discussed as a poorly crafted film and not some hyperbole about like, oh, it's so terrible. Yeah. Even though it is so terrible. But... But I think it's important to talk about why it is not a well-made film mm-hmm. and everything to do with the Oscars then afterwards. Okay. So I watched Crash. Okay. <laughs> as I was supposed to. Yes. And I really did try to watch it and understand and really actually look for things that are working in favor of mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> what are those things, Nadim? I think there are some decent performances. Yeah. I'll give it to... To Thandie Newton. Thandie Newton. Yeah. I'd say Sandra Bullock in a scene or two. Yeah. Don Cheadle in a scene or two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, well constri- it's well acted in that way. Yeah. I will also say that in the writing construct, sure, I'm surprised <laughs> by some of it. When you first see it, like when you have the interweaving and all of that, when you watch it once and you watch it on its surface, I can actually see... Kind of being like enthralled, enthralled. like, oh, and that, and that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And at the end, when uh, the Persian father shoots the blank at the daughter, I have a young girl who looks exactly like that. So don't tell, I was moved. I was moved this time, even despite having those feelings. So there are things working for it. But Crash is not a good film. And I'm going to lay out some reasons why. Okay. And you can Hit interject. Hit, well, you can, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you have a different experience watching it this I time? I really tried to watch it with the, the point of view of like, let's just do this fresh. Yeah, let's not exactly. Put in any of my like preconceived notions. Yeah. I had a really hard time. Yeah. Like I kept pausing it just to like write a note and be like, this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was very tough to get through. Like it's a, it's a two hour movie. Yeah. It took me like 
four hours to do. Okay. Yeah. I did it in two days, granted, but like... Because you'd seen it recently too. You didn't need to like, yeah. I didn't need to pay like too close attention, but I would just like, I don't want to... I would turn it off and then I'd switch to like Real Housewives of something because that's just the mood I was in for because that's the kind of racism that I do want to watch. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But yeah, it just... I really tried hard to be... To have a clean slate. Yeah. But it's really hard to have it's a clean really slate. It's really hard, actually. Because it is what you're saying. It's fairly poorly crafted. Yeah. And, like, the first thing that just stands out to me is that whole ludicrous speech. Like, ludicrous the actor. But yeah. the speech itself is pretty ludicrous. Like, all of ludicrous's dialogue. <laughs> but, yeah. Everything he says. It's... And don't get me wrong, I love Luda. Yeah. I got so excited when I saw him on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I actually think he's, like, a decent yeah, actor. Yeah, he actually... If you've never seen his, like, arc on Law & Order Special Victims Unit, go great. watch it now. It's, those are some great episodes. Great. But that whole speech of him talking about what the black experience is and how when a white lady sees you on the street, yeah, yeah, yeah. she clutches her pearls, how that's all wrong, yeah. to then two seconds later turn it into the exact stereotype yeah. that they are. Yeah. Like, what? what how, why? Because here's the thing, and here's the thing I really noticed this time, mm-hmm. is that this is a movie about racism written and directed by a white person. Mm-hmm. And that's not a dig. It's not a... It's not sarcastic, it's fact. And when you watch it from that perspective, it's very clear that this person has never experienced racism in their life. They've never gone through that because what he's doing in the construct of the writing is trying to say that, like, you know, racial stereotypes exist and we all fall into them and we all succumb to them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, here's why it's not okay. Cool. But in doing so every racial stereotype about these people still exists. Yes. Right? Mm. The black people, by and large, are thugs, thugs, disenfranchised, they're thieves, they're they're violent, they're drug addicts, etc., etc. The one Asian person is a bad driver. Yeah. The one Arab-facing person is aggressive and angry. Like, it's just, you're still feeding into every... All of those. Michael Pena is does look like a gangbanger, like, out of prison. Yeah. Like, and does live in some, like, lower middle income neighborhood. Uh-huh. Right? And then you have your white people. Mm-hmm. And your white people are well-to-do. The DA. The DA. A, pol- a decorated police officer. Police officer. Who's taking care of his sick father. Yeah, who just happened to be racist. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. They It's white people who are successful, who are just being racist, who were all redeemed at the end. Yeah. All of them. Mm-hmm. Have a moment of like epiphany or realization. Oh, of... he saved Andy Newton. Yeah. Like, but even but yeah, even that but that <laughs> whole arc doesn't make any sense. No. So you're suppo- you're telling me that him as a character, he's redeemed from being racist, racially profiling, and sexually assaulting a woman because he's doing his job. Yeah. Like in that's and has a, no shame about his racism. Yeah. No, like, he is outwardly telling a black woman, you only have your job because of... Uh, yeah, yeah, because of affirmative action yeah. or whatever. Which, you know what? People do believe that. People do do that. Yeah. But they're not redeemed by a single act... Of helping a woman get out of a car crash. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't... It's just... And that, I think, is what's problematic about this. Mm-hmm. Is that he has no business telling this story. Yeah. 
And I thought actually the most interesting thing I took away from this is watching this after watching Million Dollar Baby because he wrote Million Dollar Baby, which was very pedestrian. We talked about it. Mm -hmm. It's a very pedestrian film. But you cried. Yeah, for sure. I was emotional. Yeah. Like I was, I totally fell into that. Mm -hmm. Again, because of the Michelle performance, because of um, Hillary, Hillary Swank. Swank, not because of the movie itself. Yeah. But here's another pedestrian film. It's pedestrianly written. It's target, and it's targeting the same group of people who loved Million Dollar Baby. They're the type of people who are going to love Crash. Yeah. He got into them twice. He got into them yeah. twice in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. It's really disappointing to watch Crash, watch it again, watch it again. Yeah, this is the third this time. This is the third time I have seen this film. And real, and it actually gets worse every time. Yeah, it's just so, it's, it's really cheesy. It's really cheesy. Yeah. The dialogue is cheesy. The way, and like, I, I, I could not for the life of me understand even what he was trying to say. No, like, there's no real clear, like, yes, racism is bad, but like, I think I, people know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even the racists yeah. know it's bad. Like a lot of them do have shame surrounding it. So what kind of point are you trying to make here? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and what is the connection of like, we're all kind of interconnected? Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. This wanted to be Magnolia so badly. Yeah, it yeah. actually did. It really so wanted bad. to be Magnolia. But the reason Magnolia works is it's because it's about a sect of people, yeah. right? And they, how they're connected. This is just trying to connect random people together. Through racism. Through racism. <laughs> how we're all connected through racism. Is that what it is? Yeah. And I think... Or that we're just all racist, period. Or that we're all... Look, but the thing is, me that 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 argument, that story, actually has some value to it. Yeah, that we all have it a little bit. It is true. We're it all is racist. True. Yeah, we're all racist. We all have some bigotry. We all have some discrimination in us. Mm -hmm. Fine, that's actually interesting. Yeah, that's actually something worth talking about. I don't even think that's what he's saying. His dialogue and like the interactions between the characters don't support that enough. No, yeah. and also, why is every piece of dialogue between two characters about race? Yeah, it's somehow about racism or it's about another character's race mm. every single almost piece of dialogue is about that it's not very good it's, yeah people don't talk that way <laughs> they really don't and, and it's I, yeah like even you and i we will talk about those things but that's not what the everyday dialogue looks like no. no and i think even when look even when look we've all said discriminatory things at some point in time we've all either felt you know, as Meet and I are people of color and like, look, we we freely talk about white people yeah. uh, on our podcast. But I think we I think we do recognize that that comes from a place of maybe frustration and aggression, mm -hmm. maybe how we how we take that out. But we are self-aware. Yeah, we are aware of what we're doing and we're aware of how that works. And I think the other important thing is. We also have many white people in our life who we do like, mm -hmm. like truly it's not. It, it, it is it, it it's not isolated situations but like we don't feel that way about a general populace the way all these characters somehow feel this way about everybody none of the circumstances are isolated mm -hmm. none of the circumstances are like within vacuums it's all about it's all the Asians yeah. it's all the blacks it's all the Hispanics it's all the Arab slash Persian people like it's all of that all the time 
and it's not saying anything. It really isn't. And when even when there's like hopes of like a moment, it just sort of dissipates. Like even with the air or the Persian father yes. shooting the like yes. I, I, this sounds terrible, but like had it not been a blank, I think that's a more powerful moment. moment yeah, exactly. It being a blank and then them realizing their daughter's safe and they go yeah. back into the house and nobody calls the cops about this Persian, Persian man, man. Standing and you know where him. he lives. Yeah, like it says, it says. It's the guy you went. You know this. Yeah. No one does anything. No. <laughs> it's bad. It's just so bad. So let's have the conversation then. Okay. Why did this win Best Picture? <laughs> because yeah. these were the other nominees. Mm-hmm. We have Good Night, Good Luck. Mm-hmm. We have Munich. Mm-hmm. We have Capote. Mm-hmm. And we have Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. I asked you specifically to watch Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. This was a year I I think was the first year I started to get into the Oscars yeah. and Oscar watching and really like tracking and seeing about precursor awards and things like that. And I remember being very vested in it. And that, how long ago was this? 2005? Five. Wow. It's almost 20 years I've been like Oscar watching, let's say, every year. And I remember... I just did the math. You're right. 20. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so almost 20 years that I've been Oscar watching. Yeah. And this was the first year I really got into it. And I remember that at the time, Brokeback Mountain had won the most precursor awards yeah. of any film ever. Mm-hmm. And it winning Best Picture was like... It, that's what everybody thought was going to happen. That's what everyone thought was going to happen. Yeah. I remember SAG, their ensemble award went to crash. Gosh. Which at the time I was like, yeah, because there's, there's so like many uh, so many in people that. in it that makes it is an mm-hmm. actual ensemble of a film. Although I would argue that the four leads are in Brokeback Mountain are, are, an stronger, ense- are a stronger ensemble, absolutely. Than the one Crash, yeah. And I remember when Jack Nicholson announced Crash winning the shock. Doc, I actually I was only fourteen, and I yeah. still remember people being like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I remember the absolute shock that kind of radiated through. Both myself and then, like, the audience and Jack Nicholson himself. Yeah. Like, you could felt him being like, whoa. Crash. The, yeah, yeah, crash. It was a real, it was a moment. Why did it happen? Why, Nadine? Why did it happen? Yeah. And, for okay, first, let's, wait, let me wait, backtrack. I just want to say one thing. Okay. Because you're not going to want to discuss it, but I do just want to say okay. it. Scientology. Okay, next point. <laughs> Why? Why Scientology? There's something. It's not. Paul Haggis at this time was deep into the Scientology. But I don't think it he has any... He was auditing every weekend. <laughs> something. When So you rewatched Brokeback? I did rewatch Brokeback. Okay, yes. and thoughts about Brokeback? I tried to put myself in the mindset 2005. Five. Yes. Right? Because now I'm watching it and I'm like, no. that's not Now really you've seen like Fire Island and like Bros. <laughs> like Fire a, Island. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, I've said before, if I am a gay man. Yeah. So like I, I've seen it all. Yeah. Not really. No, I haven't. I shouldn't say all. But I've seen, I've seen gay representation yeah, yeah, yeah. since then. And I, d- I didn't watch it in 2005 because, like, yeah. I couldn't, at 14, 14 I couldn't yeah, find yeah. it anywhere. But, so, I try to put myself back into that perspective, and I can see that being very isolating. But the, to your point, it did win all these precursors, too. So, what happened between... But, but, but that's separate. What were your thoughts of the film? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so... 
It's a beautiful love story. <laughs> it's a moving it's film. A nice, yeah. Like, I love them. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very moving film. film. It's a very well-crafted film. Yeah. For, like, there's no doubt. I love Brokeback Mountain, and I will even say that, like, watching it this time, I was just like, oh, some of this dialogue is a little cheesy. Some of it, some of it is very melodramatic. Yeah. But I still get choked up at that right? end. That end when he, like, opens the, the cabinet door, and his shirt is over Jack's, and he says, Jack, I swear, and he's, like, teary-eyed. It's like, mm. yeah, I feel it. I feel it, too. I feel it. The- that's what love mo- like romantic films should be. Yeah. yeah. It's sweeping and it's romantic, but it doesn't feel it doesn't che- the rom- it does, the, it's not cheap. The, yeah, the romance isn't cheesy or cheap. There's no. elements that are, but like It's a real dramatic romantic. Yeah. Film. It's what I thought um why is it The English Patient? The English Patient was. That's yeah. what I thought uh, this is what The English Patient should have yeah. been. And it kind of captures that that frustration and their their difficulty in both accepting their sexuality themselves, but also like obviously in the, their lives that mm-hmm. they lead. It captures all of that yeah. so well. It is a marvelous film. Heath Ledger, by the way, so good. amazing. And I know Philip Seymour Hoffman won his Oscar for Capote, and rightfully so. He's yeah. very good in Capote, but. Heath Ledger is so good oh, in Broke. He's so good in Broke. He's Back the Mountain. stronger of the two. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Like, and you Jake can... is still very green. I feel. Yeah, like. yeah. And you can see what led Christopher Nolan to, to be like, oh, this guy. This guy is yeah. something. There is yeah. really the. I remember reading interviews where, or like reviews where people would say like, it feels like the words are trying to fight their way out of Heath Ledger's mouth, and I was just like, that's so vivid yeah. and so true like he controls his voice and his mouth in such a way and he does it in the with the joker too mm-hmm. like he really turns his his mouth into a character yeah and he does it here too he's a marvelous he's a really he was, he a, was really a really gi- beautiful actor very gifted actor and then like and michelle williams and so, then ja- how, yeah. how do you deliver that how do you deliver how? jack nasty and jack then nasty. with yeah because yeah. it's again it could be super cheesy but mm-hmm. somehow she there's Channels so much, that like, pain and I, anguish and frustration. You yeah. feel that, and it's not like a like a Jack Nat. Like you yeah. just you feel it with her, what she's going through. Yeah, moment, when she's like figuring it all out. And I do think that there's <laughs> elements that, like, look. On the one hand, both Ennis and Jack should have realized maybe we shouldn't be making out in the open right outside your, yeah. your front door. That's dumb. <laughs> and I get the function from the storyline is for her to catch them. Yes. I get that, even though that's a dumb plot device, but. Throughout, you know, but when you're in the throes of a when you're in the fine yeah. of the passion, I get that. <laughs> but even Michelle Williams's lifelong struggle with coming to terms with that, I get that at that time frame. What is she supposed to do? Mm-hmm. She's got young children. She's an Indo- she's a, a woman. Yeah. She can't leave her husband. She doesn't have that freedom. No. So this is what it is, and you understand. I find that like with broke, it's interesting because Brokeback is also about discrimination. Yes. Brokeback is about mm. being isolated, being the other, and how that's dealt with as the way crashes. Crash shoves it in your face, where Brokeback is kind of just like, think about it. Brokeback is like the university paper, and Crash is the middle school book report. Not even the high school. <laughs> <At> the <middle laughs> school. <laughs> Not even the high, high school. school. It's yeah. the middle school. It's book the middle report school. Yeah. About what does it mean to be discriminated yeah. against? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. I, that's this one time. <laughs> this one time. Yeah. A police officer. That's yeah. that's what it's saying. Whereas, 
Brokeback is asking more questions and asking more of its audience, but not even that much, I'd say. It's asking more questions, but it's in the setting of, like, this is a romance between two characters. Yeah. And you're watching it play out. Whereas Crash is like, here is your thesis. This is all the examples. Yeah, exactly. Let's just pull, throw them all yeah. at you. I'm not, tell, I'm not telling an intertwined story. I'm just telling you characters that are experiencing something. Yes, And they exactly. happen to be in the same city. Exactly. Yeah. They happen to live in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing Brokeback with a friend and she said, yeah, but if they were just straight people, it would just be any other love story. And at the time I was just like, kind of. But now I'm just like, no, but that's not the that's point. The point, <laughs> the point is, is that they were gay or bisexual or whatever. They couldn't come to terms with that was a part of it. Mm-hmm. And their repression of their sexuality, both in society and in themselves, and how they dealt with that is a... And, like, you can't be tone deaf to that. You can't be tone deaf yeah. to that. Yeah. You can't say, like, it would be the same for to a man and a woman. Because it's not. And it wouldn't be. You no. Know. Like, they would just... Like, an affair wouldn't yeah. be the same, same as what they were experiencing. Yeah. Because I think Ennis encapsulates that well even when he's divorced from Alma Mm -hmm. he still it's not like he's just like all right let's go shack up because it's not that simple for him no and I think a lot of people live their there's they struggle with their sexual sexuality even in this day and age I don't think like they're able to be open with it or or and not necessarily because society's not okay with it because they're not okay with it for whatever reason and it's it's even though it is so common yeah. today, it still does happen. People, it still does happen. People are in relationships and they don't tell their families or they don't even tell their friends. Yeah. Like they might be living together and they just say they're roommates. Yeah. They're Bert and Ernie. Yeah, yeah. Bert and Ernie. We're gay. Are they? Yeah, they man. come out? No. Oh. But we all know. I was like, did Sesame Street let them out? No, Sesame oh. Street wouldn't. It's too much. Yeah. So do we know then what happened? Is it just that? That it was a gay movie versus a racist movie? And people like Mark Wahlberg were like, I'm not going to vote for the gay movie? Do you really think it was Mark Wahlberg? He said it. Oh, he did? Like, out loud. There oh, were people who flat out said they were not going to vote for Brokeback because it was a gay love story. Oh. The, yeah. This, it was, there was, I don't, there was a handful of people, not a lot. Mark yeah. Wahlberg was one of them. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that it was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I just thought you were picking a random No. Movie. I didn't realize, like, he... I believe, wow. I, I, I don't know if he said something or implied something, I don't know, but there was something about Mark Wahlberg and him essentially being like, no, I'm no. not going to vote for Brokeback. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, what was the Academy made up of at that time? Probably a bunch of Mark Wahlberg. But here's my thing, is so were those other voting bodies, right? But, um, well, because, okay, so Golden Globes is Hollywood foreign press, yeah. right? So that's foreign people yeah <laughs> Europeans yeah who might be more but open. like the PGA the WGA the DGA they're all made all, up of um, the same people who are in mm, the Oscars, Oscars the the Academy I want like your critic circles fine those are a little bit different they're a bit more smaller they're yeah. a bit more specific in terms of their makeup but like the I need the, the data of like how who in like I need the Venn diagram of like who in the yeah the, Screen actors yeah. and the writers and the producers and all the others yeah. guilds were also academy members yeah. because I wonder if there is a like a just there is a vast if more majority of like people outside of those guilds that are in the academy. Yeah, and that's that's very possible. I think the other thing when I think about it is when you look at this list of nominees, mm-hmm. aside from Brokeback and Crash, you have Capote, Good Night, Good Luck in Munich. Yeah. None of those are approachable films. No. They're not like easy to watch. They're not like your even your year before, your Ray or your Finding Neverland. It's not 
Mystic River or you know what I mean every year there's movies that are a bit more they they are cerebral but approachable Capote is not Good Night Good Luck is not I haven't seen either no No. they're both good yeah Capote is uh Philip Seymour Hoffman won his Academy Award and Good Night Good Luck is directed by George George Clooney yeah and that's his only like good movie right uh yeah pretty much yeah Munich is I've directed. seen Munich. I saw Munich in theaters with my family. Oh, <laughs> that so weird, weird. Un- sexy nothing. Yeah. Is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Munich is not very good. No. I I saw it in theater and then I never saw it again. Because yeah. I didn't really need it's to. It's not it I feel like that should be more there should be more passion. There should it. be more guts to that. Yeah. And there's not enough, I find. Mm-hmm. But yeah, none of them are very approachable films, which so did Crash just win because it was the more approachable film? It's racism light. It is racism right. Like it's it's also it's the movie that makes I think not just white people. I think to be clear, I think it makes people feel like they've watched something important. But it's yeah. so shallow as it's a film. It's very shallow, but I I do think that there is like the beginnings of actually really interesting conversations to be had. With Crash? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think Sandra Bullock's character too, like She's a Karen. She's a Karen. Yeah. That's the first Karen on screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hers, I'm still very confused about her character. And like she falls down the stairs and all of a sudden she's absolved of all of her. Because her Hispanic mate saves her. Yeah. Like, and that's her true best friend. That's her. Yeah. Like, oh, she realized the Hispanic mate's her true best friend. So now she's not racist anymore. Exactly. I don't think that's how it That's what I mean. That's not (laughs) how it works, Ben. It's not how it works. But also, like, the bias that's actually within her husband as well that I don't think he recognizes, like, in his own conversations about his campaign. Yeah. He's not seeing how racist he is actually being. No. Like, but I think I think the one thing about Crash that if you wa- when I was watching Crash now it's just like I I feel like more and more people mm-hmm. racists, but also conversations about race race ethics those conversations are happening more and more. Yeah, I do think the things about like being a, a black person and being pulled over by the cops, for instance, mm-hmm. it is addressing things that have kind of come full circle. Yeah, and so. Not that I give it credit, because I don't think it does it well. But it did have its moment. Exactly. It had its moment, and it did say some stuff, which is fine. I think as a movie, it's fine. And I think when I watched Crash, that's what it was. It's a movie. All right. I didn't I didn't dislike it the way I do now. I think the reason I really dislike it now is, A, because it's misdirected as mm-hmm. a film. It just doesn't... It has no business... It doesn't have direction. It doesn't have direction, but then to be called the best picture of the year... Yeah. And against a film that actually, I think, would have really I think been imp- an important win. Yeah. Incredibly important. An incredibly important win. I wonder win, right? what the world would be like if Brokeback Mountain had won. Or, or like Filmscape in general, right? Because yeah. you do know, for, for instance, like, the moment Brokeback didn't win, there were films that were pulled out of production. Like what? I don't know, but I'm just saying that those conversations behind closed doors in production offices were totally like, oh, it's not, it didn't win. Mm -hmm. So America isn't ready Ready for for it. it Exactly. But I think the fact that it gets to be a nominated film, and it's also, it was a small film. It wasn't large by any standard. No, it was especially a lot, none of those actors were huge at that time. No. They were all much smaller. They're all A-listers now. Unfortunately, Heath Ledger's no longer with us, but Mm -hmm. the three of them are major 
actors yeah. at this point. Those, those are big gets to get. Those are big gets. And one again, of them read Britney Spears' book. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one was The Princess Diary. Yeah. So it was also directed by Ang Lee, who won an Academy Award for yes. direction. And like, again, very well deserved. Mm-hmm. I think Brokeback is just such an interesting thing because it's a, it's a gay romance acted by two straight men, directed by a straight man. Mm-hmm. A straight Asian, Asian man, man yeah, all things, of, about two cowboys. Two cowboys, like, yeah, exactly. In America, in America, yeah. like, and again, done so, so well. well and so, so thoughtful, so thoughtful, and having such awareness yeah. and empathy and love for those characters in those circumstances. Crash just feels so like ham fisted. Like, let's make a movie about racism and. Black people aren't all bad, but let's just show them all as bad. bad? Like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's so messy and the messaging is off and I don't get it, but, you it's know. It's a hot mess of a movie. And maybe it literally Bro- is a crash. <laughs> and maybe if Brokeback had won, Moonlight wouldn't have? Well, because yeah, that's what I was thinking while watching yeah. it, isn't it? I don't know what the word exactly is, but you do then have, in 2017, you have a film that has both of these elements within it. Winning Best Picture, but the the but the difference being yeah. that Moonlight is a black, black man, man directing a story about black men, yeah, who are gay, yeah, and where that blackness and that socioeconomical it's so, it's so crucial to that storytelling yeah. and so important to that story, where race seems so incidental here. But do you think, like? Yes, Crash was directed by a white man and written by a white man, but it does deal with race. Yeah. If Crash hadn't won, do you think we could get to a place where a movie like Moonlight does win? Like a movie directed by a black person? Yes. Because I don't think Crash winning had as much to do with Moonlight. Doesn't open up the eyes of racism. Because it's still white. It's racism from a white lens. Mm -hmm. Crash. It's not actually because if you think about... The way even Moonlight approaches racism is just to so like there is a there is a racial kind of undertone in the the holdovers and the holdovers is directed by a white man, mm-hmm. but it at no point takes over the screenplay. But you're very aware that race race and social status being an important thing in the story. Yeah, but it's really just kind of like here's some information you need, and you connect those pieces together. Moonlight is also just like, this is about black people. These are their circumstances. You know why their circumstances are what they are. Yeah. And how that's going to play in. I just don't think Crash did anything for race. The way Brokeback would have done. But we also, we never know. We never know. We never know. Imagine if Munich had won. (laughs) God, what a race. Would we be in this situation with Russia if Munich had won? (laughs) Putting it out there. Do you have any sequel prequel ideas for Crash? <laughs> Did you know there's a TV show? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't I watch it. I don't think it. we need that. <laughs> um, I want to know how Sandra Bullock's best friend, what they're doing. Yeah, what's there. the relationship now? What's her and now? the maid like? Now? She's so rude, the yeah. maid. She's so rude. She's so rude. She does it really well. Yeah. She's so rude. Yeah, that's coming from somewhere. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think Sandra Bullock is no? like that. I okay. think Sandra Bullock loves everybody. Okay. I, I like to believe that in her. I do. Even okay. though she was married to a man that had Nazi affiliations. Affiliations. Yes. Did but we I, know that at the time, though? I don't think she knew that. Okay. And then it all got revealed. And then he cheated like, on her the next day. Yeah. <laughs> for winning her Academy Award. 
No, it was revealed yeah. the next day. But that's part of the curse of winning best. Of winning actress. best actress, yeah. Yeah. Um, do I have any sequel prequel ideas? No, because these aren't no. interesting characters. I don't no. really care, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm so surprised that Don Cheadle is a producer. Yeah, that was my biggest surprise this time that I, that I noticed. I was just like, did the movie need a block producer to get credibility? Yeah. Yeah, and the answer might be yes. Maybe there you go. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, what's his name? Danny Newton's husband in this. Terrence Howard. Yeah. Yeah. I expect more from some of them. Yeah. I expect more from the black people in this movie and the colored people in this movie. Yeah. What made you think like, yeah, this this makes sense. This works. This is the story that we need that's to a really telling. That's a really good question, Mita. But I think, I think the fa- in all fairness at the time. Mm-hmm. There no wasn't one, anything exactly. for them to no do. One was, no one was so telling that story. So here's somebody trying to tell the story. Yeah. You have your do the right thing every so mm-hmm. often, but no one was really telling the story this way so that's why and i can understand you know the black actors gravitating towards this and being like some finally someone who's trying to at least attempt something yeah okay it's just so bad (laughs) there was one other point i wanted yeah please it's mainly matt dylan's character that just made me very upset that we're supposed to think he like is supposed to be redeeming in some way or that he's a better person because he's taking care of his ailing father but culturally like a lot of colored people that is just that is that is just completely a part of, normal yeah like you live with your parents yeah, yeah, yeah. until they die <laughs> like, it is a nice thing that he's doing, doing it doesn't but it does cha- not make him a great person no, it doesn't change the fact that he's a raging racist yeah. and in the parallel world he kills a black person mm-hmm. uh, like there that that's what happens yeah he's that cop that they're trying to find out you know, if he's uh, complicit to k- killing black people, yes, for, he's he's actually that cop. That whole plot line pissed me off too, because it's just like what what you know when they were in that courtroom and that actor who looks like a salamander was talking to Don Cheadle yeah. about he does he does look like a salamander, right? Was talking to Don Cheadle and is just like, oh, now you have to decide. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. I do not think a single black person would bat an eye if you were like, the, he's known to have killed two black people. Now you have killed another black person who, yes, might be guilty of something else. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You're sh- Don Cheadle's character is shown to be like, oh, my God, what, what do, do I, I do? do? I don't think I don't you're th- hesitating. I don't think for... a single black person is hesitating. If, if it's like it's on you to decide, it'd be like. Put him in jail. Yeah. 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 He's done it. Like, this is the third person. Whether it happened, whether he's guilty or not, he totally did it for that reason. Put him in jail. Put him in jail. Yeah. And there was one other plot hole that really bugged me. Yeah. Don Cheadle sees his brother murdered. Mm-hmm. And then his mom has to identify the body at the morgue. But if Don Cheadle yeah. saw him, then why, is the, why do we need that yeah. scene of the mom bursting into, bursting tears, into tears when we know that he's... See- Sorry, I just, that's a plot hole, and that's, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want to, Paul Haggis, you need to fix that. And also, why is she a bitch? Why? Is it the drugs? It's the drugs. But, like, is it the drugs? It's the drugs, it's the life, it's the, whoa, it's, well, it's a not well-crafted black woman. Yeah, that's is. the thing, she's a cliche. Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Mita, I'm going to go into my review. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm going to also say whether it is her best picture or not. Yeah. And then I'm also going to rate Brokeback. Okay. I'd like you to do all of these things as well. Oh, okay. Crash is not a good film. <laughs> I really, and I, I say that, and I've made fun of Crash a lot. I've been very vocal about that this entire podcast. 
I really did go into it this time, trying to really have an open mind and trying to really watch it holistically. And it just, it doesn't lend itself to that experience. Mm -hmm. It's not a good film. It's not well written. It has some fine performances. It is even decently directed in places. There aren't unredeemable qualities about this film. But the fact that we are reviewing Best Picture winners and that this one Best Picture works really against this. It's an insult. Mm -hmm. It's an insult to the Academy, to that institution, to Best Picture winners. And it is a grave insult to the far superior Brokeback Mountain, who deserved that that title and would have held it strongly and not been on every single list of worst best picture winners ever. Topping many of those, Mm -hmm. because it is. This is a, ironically, very ludicrous film. (laughs) I love It is very pedestrian. (laughs) It is very childish. It has no nuance. It has no filmmaking kind of oomph to it. It's just shock. And even that shock and surprise and those convoluted twists and turns and like, oh, she's actually a doctor. It's That's exactly what it is. It's it's so instant gratification is what it is. You're meant to be like, oh, she's a doctor. I can't believe I was racist. That's what it is. But is it actually going beneath the surface to say anything? Is it actually making you think about race? Is it actually making you think about racism? Or is it just like, oh, yes, I shouldn't be racist because I might know the next person in the car crash? Like, I don't even know what it's trying <laughs> to say. Know. Like, I don't, I, I actually, yeah. I, I can't, I've seen this movie multiple times. I still cannot understand the thesis of this mm-hmm. film. Brokeback Mountain is not about forbidden love, but it's about two people unable in unable personally, but also societally to come to terms with who they are mm-hmm. and being forced to live with that mm-hmm. and everything that kind of transpires. It is heartbreaking. It's lovely to watch. They have great chemistry. You believe their love story, but it goes so much more than this cliche of a gay romance of a gay cowboy movie. It's actually saying so much, not just about repressed homosexuality, but again, about what it takes to identify who you are and how hard sometimes it is to see who you, like, who you truly are inside and accept that. And Ennis, I don't think, ever really gets there. And I think that's how a lot of people are. Whether, not necessarily even about your your sexuality, but about so many things. Mm -hmm. Brokeback is just... It's so superior. Crash does not deserve Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It won because I think it was the easier film that year. Mm-hmm. I truly think, I don't necessarily think it was out of uh, homo... Phobia? Phobia, thank you very much. I don't think it was out of homophobia. I think it was just because sometimes the Academy is lazy as fuck. <laughs> I honestly think and it, they just rewarded it to the easy movie to watch yeah everyone everyone watched everyone could watch Crash everyone could understand Crash yeah Crash won to say that though I think in 2004 2005 like or 2005 2005 like I don't think I think homophobia is so much more common I think there was a lot of room for people to learn yeah just like there still is room for yeah. people to learn about not transgender, non-binary yeah, yeah, yeah. people currently. I yeah. think that's kind of where we were at that time. And so I think that maybe that was what played into it. So I think that that definitely, yeah, yeah, helped. I give Brokeback Mountain four and a half stars. Okay. I truly, I love it. I think it's a really well-crafted film. It is moving. 
It's engaging to watch. It's a very good film. I give Crash one star. Wow. Crazy. 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 Nita. Okay. I mean, what is there to say, though? I think it's like, this is just such a well-known thing in pop culture. Yeah, It's like, this is the year where they got it wrong. Yeah. That crash. Everyone knows that, yeah. And like, to say, like, I was 14 at the time, I can still remember people being like, what, what, what? But also, being 14 and having not seen either movie, I was just... In that mindset of like, yeah, Crash is probably a great film. Yeah, yeah. And like they were all on Oprah and Oprah talked about it. So it must have been good, right? And I lived with that for too long. Yeah. (laughs) Until I finally saw it and experienced what a terrible movie this is. It it really is. Crash is a fitting title because it's so messy. Yeah. None of the pieces work together. There is no flow to it. It has what I like to call this is a syndrome. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Where like you, you're finding out people are connected in these small ways or he has another movie where he does it and it's like absolutely yeah. terrible. But, um, or, and he does it in Crazy Stupid Love too, where you yeah. find out people are connected in this way, but like. What does that really matter? What is it actually telling you? Other than the surprise that they're connected. connected. Yeah. Whereas like something like Magnolia works a lot better because you you understand that those yeah. interconnections a bit more and it doesn't feel gimmicky. This feels like such a gimmick with a side of racism. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I just don't think just because you are talking about racism doesn't mean you, you are a great film. Yeah. I think exactly. having the discussion is really important. But that being said, I can understand in 2005 yeah. that being the pull itself of like this is something nobody is talking about. People haven't put this on a mainstream platform. We know people were talking about it because we've watched Do the Right Thing and we've seen other movies. But nothing was at this level and at that point. And so, like, should we fault it for all of its atrocities? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But should we really be upset with the Academy? No, because I think at that time they're voting on two really important moments. Issues, yeah. Yeah, two important issues. And I think if either had one, it still would have been a big deal for that specific issue. Yeah. It's just sad that this is a really lackluster yeah. film um, that brought the attention of that. Yeah. It's just, uh, Brokeback is just, it's so, so nice. It's a <laughs> like nice I get, film, yeah. I get so, I get really emotional yeah. watching it because I, I think it's a story that is so common. Yeah. Past, present. Probably future, future as well, because there are so many societies that still don't accept it. Whereas, like, I think not to say, uh, I, well, you know what? Racism is past, present, and future. Yeah. Too, so they both <laughs> live in those worlds. Yeah. But it's just such a beautiful story, and it's told so nicely, and it's not gimmicky. When I was 14, I was under the impression of, like, it probably was. Like, oh, it's, like, two gay people. Like, yeah, That yeah, was, yeah. like, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But it's not that at all. It's not that, yeah. No, it's so subtle in its approach. Yeah. And it's not flashy or flamboyant. And it yeah. doesn't, like, it's just two men that happen to be in love with each other. Like, it's the gay thing, the gay cowboy thing is actually... It's a symptom of this. Yeah. But this is not this. The story is. is about yeah. two men. Mm-hmm. That's what the story, story is. is. Yeah. yeah. Um. And sort of the tropes that we have afterwards are probably a symptom of this movie. Yes. But this movie is beyond that. Beyond that, yeah. I I don't give it four and a half. I'm going to give it four. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why it's not the hatch. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's just the feeling I have of yeah. like it is a really excellent film. It's not something that I repeat watch, but when I have watched it, I enjoyed, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. Because it's also really rare to depict a love story in such a beautiful way and to have it be, and be moved by it moved yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> crash did not deserve its best picture win and i'm landing on one and a half okay i want to be fair to it because it was during a certain time okay and like i i didn't know better at that yeah. time like i was 14 yeah, yeah. i mean obviously these are adults voting for the yeah. film so they should have known better but i think it also is a part it's part of that time and we have to appreciate yeah. it for then so one and a half that's fair yeah. i will also say that my one rating is highly influenced by its win over brokeback mm. and i think i've tried to really review the film as a film rather than its best picture win and like the influence and all of that. Yeah. But this is really hard. Like I think it's that so hard it to just, do. it yeah. muddies the experience so much now that yeah. it, you can't separate the two because it's just so poor and bro- it's so poor and broke back is so good. The disparity is so huge yeah. here that it's hard to look at crash and think you deserve this over. It's not like La La Land and Moonlight. I love La La Land. Both of those are incredible. Exactly. And could have both, and could have both won and like, I love La La Land, but Moonlight winning is totes cool. Yeah. This is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. No. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But Rita, that was it. Oh my God, we finally Do I have to it. stop talking about this now? Crash? Yeah. No, anytime racism comes oh. up, Crash comes <laughs> Crash up. comes up? Great. Yeah. Great. Or bad Best Picture winners? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Excellent, Mitha. I'm glad. But that was Crash and how terrible it was. Go watch Brokeback Mountain. Do it. <laughs> Go watch Brokeback Mountain. It's excellent. Yeah. We have uh, another film next week. But before we get there, Mita. Yes. We have a game. Okay. Last week, you had me connect mm-hmm. Mystic River uh-huh. to Shrek 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yes. This week, yes. I did not get a chance to do this. Okay, so, so we'll see. Yes, but I'm sure you can. I have all the faith in the world. Uh, I would like you to connect Shrek 2. Mm-hmm. To the actual best picture of 2005, Brokeback Mountain. Okay. And your timer starts now. There must be a way to do this. That doesn't work. (laughs) Should I go backwards? There's so many people. That's the thing. So many people, yeah. There's so many people that this could, like, work with. Hmm. Um, Okay. It's a lot of... It's like eight A-list celebrities. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to not use Heath because it's limited. Yeah. I want to use like Cameron and I want to try to use Anne. I feel like there might be something there. Fair enough. But you're at 30 seconds. Oh no. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Are they oh yes, okay. Cameron Diaz is in Shrek 2. Okay. She is also in um Annie with Jamie Foxx. Okay. Who is in the movie Um Valentine's Day with Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Yeah, Brokeback Mountain. Excellent, good for you. I did it. Oh, Valentine's Day is a good one. Yeah, because there's so many. So terrible. So terrible. But I love to watch it on TikTok. Like, I see the clips all the time and it's so fun. How do those terrible Gary Marshall films get so many people? Because it's Gary Marshall. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, New Year's Eve. There's another one, isn't there? Oh, New Year's Eve, yeah. There's the three, I think, that I can think of. There's another one. Mother's Day with Julia Roberts and her terrible... 
Yeah, the wig in that movie is so terrible. Bad. Yeah, he's just not that into you. Also, it's kind of like kind that, of like that, but, but it's, it's not, not Gary, yeah, it's Marshall. Not Gary Marshall. But I, you know, it's Gary himself. People love Gary Marshall. Yeah, yeah, I love Gary Marshall. Sure, may he, may he rest in peace. Okay, Mita. Yeah, what are we watching next week? Next week, Nadim. Yeah, <laughs> finally, we are watching. Yes, The Departed. We are watching The Departed. The the accents are coming out. <laughs> That's all Mita can say in the Boston accent. <laughs> the <laughs> Cup of coffee. Pocket. Pocket. Park it. Pocket. Pocket. Yeah. Have you seen that commercial yeah, yeah. with Rachel Dratch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that is next week. Yes. Mita, do you have some parting words for us? I do. You do. You embarrass yourself. Yep. You this do mo- crash. This movie this embarrasses Yeah. Itself. It really encompasses this yeah. movie. Yeah. You embarrass yourself, crash. Yeah. Done. You just do. Yeah, you're done. Thank you so much for listening to this rant. Yeah. (laughs) Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for The Departed. The Departed. It's going to be a party. (laughs) Absolutely. Meet you outside. How's your mother doing? Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. (laughs) Have a lovely week, folks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.